Hello and welcome to the Green Eggs and Sam slash Cane Violation 2023 NBA Draft Extravaganza. Next to me is who else? Dan Greeny. What's up, Dan? What's up, Sam? Our next pick is at number nine, like the love potion, Taylor Hendricks. Picked by the Utah Jazz, freshman out of... UCF. Now, Greeny, I know you didn't get to see UCF play that often. Unfortunately, they weren't on the television set very much. So, we'll talk about what we know on Taylor later in the draft when we have another Utah Jazz player who was drafted, uh, Keontae George. Sounds good. Yeah. So, that's at 16. So we'll skip this for now. We're going to go to number 10. This was a pick that uh, Dallas really worked for to get. They they had to finish in the top 10 in order to keep their pick. Otherwise, it would have gone to the New York Knicks and the Porzingis trade from a few years ago. There's been a lot of Porzingis trades. How about that? How about that? Is it three times he's been traded already? Wow. So, yeah, Dallas kept the pick, but they traded it to Oklahoma City. Got off that uh, awful Davis Bertans contract. Now Oklahoma City has a 10th pick here. And who'd they get? None other than your boy, Kaysan Wallace. Freshman out of Kentucky. How excited should Oklahoma City be greeny so I'm a little bit surprised that OKC went the point guard route with their first pick because it seems like they're kind of stacked at that position since you could play Giddy and or SGA at that spot so I'd imagine he'd be coming off the bench early in his career although maybe on a lesser team he could have started right away he's definitely physically ready for the NBA this is a 6-4 point guard that can play off the ball as well but he's right around 200 pounds, so this guy is jacked. It looks like he spent a lot of time in the weight room leading up to his collegiate career and then obviously last season at Kentucky. Very good passer, good distributor, as you need to be, obviously, as a point guard. He shot the ball better than expected from distance this past season. Shot the three very nicely, has a nice-looking jump shot. Made free throws, can attack the basket. It's going to be tough for smaller point guards in the NBA to try to hinder his progress towards the basket because he is so physically strong. But his biggest and best attribute at this moment is his defensive prowess. This guy is a plus defender that's going to step right in and defend you know, a scoring point guard or maybe even some top-level wings in the OKC games in his rotation minutes whether it's the second quarter third quarter he might not be getting crunch time minutes right off the bat but when he's in there I think they're going to be expecting a lot of really good defense out of him and they're going to get just that I wouldn't call him quite a three and d guy because I think he's more dynamic than that uh, but the offensive game the repertoire has to be evolved a little bit yet I wouldn't expect big scoring numbers from him, but he's going to distribute, and he's definitely going to be a plus defender right off the bat. Maybe an all-NBA-type defender at some point in his career. Oh, wow. Heard, actually, Marcus Smart comparisons leading up to the draft. Right, yeah. I was going to say, what player would you compare him to? And Smart does sound like that, because Smart can guard the three. So he wasn't the kind of scorer in college that Marcus Smart was in his couple years at Oklahoma State. But as far as defensively, I absolutely see that because of how strong Marcus Smart is. Smart can defend some twos and threes, obviously, in addition to defending point guards. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they went this route as well because you think if you're going to pick in the lottery, especially for a rebuilding team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, although they're not quite rebuilding anymore since they were unexpectedly good last year. So... They pick a guy who's probably not going to start. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at who they have here. They got Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Giddy. Those guys are starting. 
And then you get Chet Holmgren coming back. So, I don't know. I Could you see Kaysan fitting in the starting lineup amongst those guys anywhere? So it's interesting you brought up the Lou Dort piece because I feel like maybe Kaysan Wallace is going to have a role similar to what Lou Dort did early in his career as far as not being much of an impact player offensively, but really having an impact on the defensive end right away. And I don't believe Lou Dort started early in his career. Is that right? No. Or the sixth man, seventh man? Yeah, he was a bench guy. I could see Kaysan Wallace in that kind of role. And as far as I know, Lou Dort has expanded his game offensively a little bit at least. I would expect Kaysan Wallace to be maybe a little bit more advanced than Dort was offensively. He's got a better jump shot, I would say. But I would expect that kind of plus defense that you saw from Lou Dort early in his career from Kaysan Wallace as well. So, no, I don't think he'd start, but I would say he would definitely log 20 to 25 minutes a night pretty much from day one, I would think. That makes sense. Yeah, because I was looking at their starting lineup, and they seem to have a hole at center because Chet Holmgren's not a center. Not exactly. He's more of a power forward, right? There's not a lot of power in his game, as I recall. We yeah, talked about last year. Technically, right. he is a power forward. Um, but by size, by height, you would hope he could play some five minutes. But it's the same thing like with Wenbanyama. Sometimes the measurables don't really match up with the kind of player that the guy really is. So we'll see how they decide to use him. Um, if I were the coach there, I would hope he could get some minutes at the five. Um, but it's probably going to be more at the four. I think you're right. Jalen Williams had a good year for them at the five, though, correct? That's right, yeah. He started eh, 30-something games, I'd say. And then the other Jalen Williams. We we brought up last year that how are they going to do the jerseys? This is it's going to be tough. Uh, turns out it just says Williams on the back of each of their jerseys. They have different numbers. I guess they don't really care enough about distinguishing uh, between which Williams... Uh, we're uh, watching on the floor. So, yeah, I, I'd imagine either of them are going to start in, at times as well. Uh, Jalen Williams, the... Um, the uh, the wing. F- the wing, yeah. He started more often. He started 60-something games. So uh, I'd imagine we'll see him a bunch. They also had Pokashevsky. We'll see if they uh, hang on to him. He's had some moments. We'll see. But there's just there seems to be a center missing. I mean, this even dates back to last year. They didn't really have a a center on the floor. I think at times they might have been playing Dario Saric at center, which was kind of mind-boggling. Saric is a free agent. He will not be back. So... I would imagine with uh, some of the cap space they have, they might go after like a, a decent center just to have for insurance. They're also taking on Davis Bertans's lovely $17 million contract that uh, he'll get paid for this year and next year. Yikes. Good luck. Um, see how much he can do. But I would imagine... This team's probably going to be just about the same, if not better, as last year. They were in the play-in game last season. I think now that you're getting Holmgren, you can get a good guy off the bench in case on, keeping all the, the good youthful uh, energy players. Yeah, I, th- I, think, uh, I think you're looking at a play-in team here. They're a play-in team, maybe like a 7-8 seed perhaps. We'll see what they do in free agency, but so far, so good. Uh, they It seems like they're competing now, especially with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, all-NBA first team. I believe he was first team. I yeah. believe so, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. He is uh, really accelerating their timeline here. They certainly didn't expect this guy to get this good so fast. He's, he's not even 25 yet. He's 24. Hard to believe. Yep. God, what I would do to have him on the Celtics. Uh, It's okay. We drafted Romeo Langford. I feel fine. 
So uh, we'll move on. This seemed like kind of a reach, according to Greeny. Um, this was Jet Howard going to the Orlando Magic, a pick from the Nikola Vucevic trade. So this was originally Chicago's pick. Now, Howard's a freshman out of Michigan. He is uh, the son of Juwan Howard, infamous basketball player. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he might be in the College Hall of Fame, yeah. um, but I don't know about the NBA Hall yeah. of Fame. I saw him play. I saw him play in 2012 when the Celtics were playing the Heat. So and he actually played. It was garbage time. Okay. Celt it was game three of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. We were down 2-0 in the series, and um, Celtics won in game three. Uh, I was in the stands, spilled my beer, got to see Juwan Howard play, saw LeBron in person for the first time. It was it was a great experience. Now, uh, his son Jets, uh, more of a forward. Juwan Howard was like a center, right? Yeah. More of a center, forward. Four or five men, yep. Yeah. So this guy's more of a three or a four, perhaps? He's more of even a two or a three. Uh, okay. So definitely a wing. He's not really going to give you any minutes at the four, I would say. Um, I think they may have actually listed him as a shooting guard. He's got sim similar measurables to Brandon Miller. You know, I think Miller checked out at like 6'9", 200 pounds. I think Jet Howard is about 6'8", 205, same kind of build, long and lanky. Brandon Miller really rebounded it much better than Jet Howard did, though. Uh, that's something that Jed Howard has to improve on with the 6'8 frame. You would expect a little bit more rebounding out of him, a little bit more toughness, although he is also a knockdown shooter, not on Brandon Miller's level, but not many are at this point. So, yes, I could actually expect a lot of minutes at the two and the three from him. It's going to be tough to find maybe on this roster, uh, but he's going to be somebody that plays in the NBA for a number of years. It was a little bit of a stretch, I would say, going at number 11. Probably could have used another year at Michigan. But if you're going to get picked at number 11 in the NBA draft, you've really got to go. So you can't blame him. Mm -hmm. Very good shooter, though. Uh, going to be more of a spot-up guy, I would say. He kind of stepped into the role that Caleb Houston had the previous season at Michigan, which is interesting. Uh, both young freshmen playing for Jawan Howard. But... Um, I wouldn't call him a project, but I would say maybe two or three years down the line, he'll be a consistent rotation guy. I don't see an NBA all-star, anything along those lines. Uh, maybe not even you know an above-average player, but I think he sticks in the league for a number of years. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is a very young roster, a lot of different first-round picks from over the past five years or so, some dating back even further. So it might be tough to get some playing time. I guess the Magic are just trying to figure out, like, uh, all right, we're just going to just keep collecting these young players, and whoever sticks, sticks. Who, whoever doesn't can go the R.J. Hampton route, you know? By the way, R.J., we, we just found out R.J. Hampton got waived. Uh, just referenced him a little while ago. Um, so, you know, hopefully he'll find a good spot somewhere in uh, the G League coming up. But, yeah, we talked about the Magic a bunch earlier. Uh, probably going to be a little better than last year. They started off the year pretty poorly. So let's move on to number 12. It's originally OKC's pick, trade to Dallas. This is Derek Lively II, freshman out of Duke, a center just what the Mavericks needed, right? They need a center. They, they, I'll tell you right now. Uh, free agent, Christian Wood. Doubt he's coming back. JaVale McGee, old, still there. Probably going to get traded eventually. So, yeah, they need a big man. They got it. Uh, what kind of big man is Derek Lively Greeny? So it's interesting that you uh, bring up the center position for them because when this pick happened, our little bit of back and forth was this is probably exactly what they need. And I know there's the, the debate in the NBA, do you draft best available or draft for need? And usually teams draft best available, which this guy is not in this situation, but they definitely drafted for a severe need. 
this guy is going to be a rim runner and a big-time shot blocker early in his career. Really put up big-time shot blocking numbers in his one season at Duke, but the other numbers were not anything spectacular. I think it was about six points and six rebounds a game. Uh, but as far as shot blocking goes, I would say Anthony Davis was the best I ever saw at the collegiate level, and he was up there not far behind that as far as blocking shots. So this guy's going to affect offense at the rim. He's going to be able to do the dirty work, clean up around the glass, and dunk balls home. Doesn't have much of a jump shot as of yet. That's going to develop over time. Uh, it sounds like he could be a good understudy to JaVale McGee, of all people. <laughs> early in his career, but I would expect him to take that spot over maybe by the end of next season. This guy was at some points in his high school career looked at as the number one recruit in his recruiting class. So definitely big time talent, big time upside, uh, but he's yet to fulfill all that potential as of yet, as many of these guys have yet to do. But maybe a little bit of a stretch this high. Uh, this guy was a really high riser in the draft process was kind of like looked at as maybe a late 20s early 30s pick like late first round early second so obviously he worked out well did well in the interviews and Dallas really got what they needed I think yeah certainly and forgot to mention the Mavericks acquired Rashawn Holmes in the trade so Holmes didn't really play much last year for the Kings, but a couple years back, he was a really solid center for them, and so much that they gave him, uh, you know, kind of a long-term deal. I think it was like uh, $30 million over three years, something like that. So, uh, I mean, the Kings have moved on from him. Mavs got him for another couple years. So maybe Holmes will start. Uh due to his experience off the bat. But sounds like uh, Derek could possibly take over someday if uh, Holmes isn't delivering. That sounds like the plan to me, yes. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll see what they do with Kyrie Irving. It sounds like he's going to come back. Good luck. Um, and, uh, I mean, they they have Tim Hardaway Jr. still under contract. Uh, Maxi Kleber, sometimes he'll start or come off the bench. He's been kind of a Swiss Army knife for him, kind of doing whatever they need. Josh Green's still there as well. And, uh, yeah, Dwight Powell, longtime Maverick, longest-tenured Maverick. Uh, I'm not sure if he's coming back. Uh, certainly not for $11 million dollars. Is he coming back? That's what he made last season. And I doubt we'll see Christian Wood. I think that uh, chapter is closed for sure. So we'll see See if the Mavs improve. We'll see if Kyrie can uh, be somewhat sane and you know, not uh, divide the locker room like he's... Uh, well, what am I saying? He's never done that before. So let's move on to the next pick, number 13 here is uh, the Toronto Raptors picking a freshman out of Kansas who uh, likes the color red, especially red suits, red shiny suits. This is Grady Dick, a shooter who can shoot and has blonde hair. Is he as good as Doug McDermott, or would you say... He's as uh, shooting wise, shooting wise. All right, let let's say in college, was he as good of a shooter as uh, Dougie McBuckets? That's an interesting comparison. I would say I never would have thought of it that way. They're kind of different players because McDermott was a veteran in college in his time at Creighton. He was there four years, four year guy, and this was a one and done. Um, so we haven't seen everything that Grady Dick could do. On the basketball court, whereas I feel like we saw everything. We saw all the upside within college for Doug McDermott. We pretty much knew what he was when he got to the league. Spark plug off the bench type of guy. I think if Grady Dick played four years of college, he would have been better than Doug McDermott. And I also think he'll be a better NBA player than Doug McDermott. So I would say that this is the best shooter in this draft. And definitely one of the best freshmen in this class. Um, my comp for you as far as Grady Dick is he's a little bit bigger of a Tyler hero. Ooh. So he's 6'8", 200, 210. 
pretty strongly built, wiry strong, it seems like. Uh, so he's a little bit bigger than Tyler Hero, but he can shoot it like Tyler Hero could coming out of Kentucky. Um, this guy's going to knock down 40% of his three-point shots. He did that last year. He's got NBA range now, so he'll also do that in the NBA. Not a super athlete, but he's not going to be a total liability defensively, I don't think. Hero's not known as a good defender either, but I don't think he's a complete liability. Like, you could put him out there to where he could still play 30 to 35 minutes a night, and Grady Dick is going to be that kind of player eventually. I think early in his career, maybe he is a Dougie McBucket's spark plug off the bench type player come in and get you 10 to 15 a night, you know, maybe have the occasional 20-point night where you knock down five or six threes. Uh, but he's not going to be asked to play, you know, 35 to 40 minutes right off the bat. Um, I think the uh, other question I had for you when this pick came up was, do they still have Gary Trent? Because I feel like maybe he could slide into that type of role, if not this season, if they ever moved on from Gary Trent. Yeah, Gary Trent picked up his player option a few days ago for $18 million, so he will be back unless the Raptors figure out a way to dump his salary, which is possible. Uh, they really got to figure out what direction they're going in because this is Siakam's um, final year under contract. Fred Van Vliet's a free agent now. He turned down his player option. Uh, OG Anobi has two years left on his deal. Actually, really one year because uh, 24-25 is a $90 million player option, and I think he's uh, he's probably exceeded that at this point, or he's probably going to want to lock up um, a more long-term deal, I'd say. Chris Boucher is still on this team. He's, he's okay, I guess. And then the, they, they this was unexpected. They traded for Jakob Pertl last season um everyone thought uh they were going to do the opposite and try and tank and here they go they uh they zag the other way and, and uh trade for pearl who's a free agent so who knows if they're even going to sign him which is interesting was he there previously he was I he was in so. the Kawhi trade yeah. yeah he was drafted by them yeah i think it was him and I want to say DeRozan. Yeah, DeRozan to the Spurs. And then the, the Raptors got back Kawhi and Danny Green. So, yeah, we'll see what they do there. Scotty Barnes, bit of a disappointing sophomore season. But it happens. We saw it happen before. Uh, Tatum had kind of a sophomore slump with the Celtics. Although, I mean, there's... Know, other factors to blame for that season. Um, Otto Porter, who's uh, been injured, but they have his deal for $6 million. Precious Achua is under contract for one more year. Played all right. Played solid. They might want to hold on to him. We'll see. They got Coloco as well, who they drafted last year. So, yeah, this is, this is probably a good pick since... There's no guaranteed uh, starting position quite open at the moment. So hearing that roster, I um, love how you break it down as far as what they've got going and coming back. I would say that maybe they drafted him as insurance uh, behind like a Thad Young and an Otto Porter, some aging wings, three men. He could play some two, but I could see him playing a lot of three at six foot eight. 210 solidly built he might have a little bit of a tough time with foot speed against twos so i would think he would be stepping into some of those bench minutes eventually yeah that would make sense that yeah he's just going to be you know sixth seventh man maybe eighth man off the bench and uh hopefully he can shoot well because uh i mean it seems like what is can he play defense i'm assuming he really can't Maybe a little. Grady Dick. I mean, he's okay. Like I said, Hero is probably the comp where yeah, yeah. he's serviceable, but he's not great. Not going to completely kill you like yes. Kemba Walker. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll move on to the next pick. This is number 14 going to the New Orleans Pelicans, a 
sophomore out of UConn who uh, got compared to Rip Hamilton and Ray Allen on the broadcast. Face palming. Yeah, I wonder why. wonder why they chose to show that. And then also Jeremy Lamb, even though they're completely different players. Yeah, so th- this is Jordan Hawkins. Uh, apologies to the Hawkins family <laughs> for being compared to one of the greatest uh, NBA players of all time and Ray Allen hitting, <laughs> literally showing a highlight of hitting one of the greatest shots in NBA history and saying, oh, this this guy, he's go- he's going to play like this guy. <laughs> that That's what we think. Yeah, that ESPN broadcast was rough, man. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, so... Hawkins is a a shooting guard and the the Pelicans were expected to be amazing last year. We saw them play in person against the Knicks and they got blown out. Very the, uninspiring. The Pelicans got blown out. Yeah, it was bad. Although at least we got to see Garrett Temple playing garbage time. Woohoo! Yeah, this was just a disappointing year for them after uh, two years ago when they had that inspired uh, first-round series, playing hard and whatnot. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's just a sophomore slump. It certainly doesn't help that your star player isn't on the court in... Well, they have a couple star players, but you know that their number one pick from a few years ago, and Zion Williamson, who, um, you know, he's been hurt, but thankfully there's been no other controversy happening um, besides that at all. You know, he's just he's hurt. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I feel so bad for the Pelicans. <laughs> Zion will be making 33 this season, 36 next year, 38 the year after that. In 2026-2027, he'll be making $41 million. In 2027-2028, $44.2 million. And they got to deal with all this crap right now. Um, Well... Yikes. Zion at least secured the bag here. Wow. You don't say, huh? Yeah. This team never really had a point guard, per se. Not like a traditional one, because they were playing C.J. McCollum there at times. And they had Josh Richardson as well, though. I think he played off the bench a little more. They got uh, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance, Dyson Daniels, good player, Herbert Jones, Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado, just a a beast of a player. So, I mean, those are the guys. uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect Josh Richardson to come back necessarily, but all those other guys, you're probably going to see on the roster again next year uh who else oh uh, kira lewis yeah he might be back so where the heck is um jordan hawkins going to fit amongst all these people is he going to be able to compete for a starting role off the bat or is this going to be someone they probably bring along slowly so that roster sounds like a bit of a jumbled mess to me right mm-hmm. now. And just to go back to your point about Zion, I kind of wonder if maybe in their front office the wheels are turning about moving on past Zion. I can't imagine that he's going to be there those many years down the line. There were even rumors this past offseason that he might get moved at some point. It's hard to speculate on that, obviously. But... You do have another star in Brandon Ingram that's young enough that maybe you could build around. Uh, So I would say they're probably just looking for that next star, whoever it might be, whether you have Zion or not. Uh, But it sounds like maybe not in the near future. I wouldn't say Jordan Hawkins is ever going to be a star, but he's definitely going to be a starter in the NBA. And like you said, it's an unfair comparison to compare anybody to Ray Allen and Rip Hamilton just because you went to the same college. 
UConn has also had guys like James Booknight. So let's not get too carried away here. Um, but he's a great shooter. He's a national champion now. Made a huge jump from his freshman to his sophomore year at UConn. Um, if he hadn't had the type of NCAA tournament that he had and UConn hadn't won the national title, I think there was a possibility that this guy came back for a junior season at UConn. And you see this periodically, these huge jumps for some of these players that play really well in March. And that's why one of the reasons why March Madness is so important. Because I would say in February, prior to March Madness, this guy was looked at as like a late first round, early second round pick, and here he slips into the lottery. So maybe a little bit of a reach. He's probably going to get minutes right off the bat, but he's not going to be able to play any three. He's a little smallish even for the two, and he's not really a point guard. He's not really a distributor. So he's kind of locked into that shooting guard and shooter role. I don't know what else he gives you besides three-point shooting early in his career. He's not like a plus defender. He is a very good shooter, um, but I wouldn't expect more than, you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes a night from him, even on this roster, honestly. Maybe they're going to try to push the envelope with him and see if he could start right away. I guess it's a possibility, but my guess would be if they did that, he might be a little bit overmatched early in his career. Yeah, I'd say so. They have so many young guys, and they're kind of all over the place with what lineups they're throwing out there. They were switching it up a lot. Willie Green, he's going to be coaching again next year, so I think you're kind of expecting a little more of the same with rotations and whatnot. Hopefully they just play better <laughs> than they did last year. So it sounds like to me on the wing they're pretty much locked in, obviously, with Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones is a consistent starter, correct? Yeah, no doubt. So he's not unseating anybody like that for a starting role, I wouldn't say. Right. Um, Point guard is unsettled, like you said. I always like Kyra Lewis Jr. He hasn't shown it in the NBA yet, apparently. But they gave Alvarado a deal, too, right? They did, yeah. He really doesn't start games. He started uh, about 10 last year. Spark plug off the bench. Yeah, he's he's that's really his role. But, I mean, we'll see what they do with Valanchunas. He's bit older amongst this group. I mean, so is C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance. They're all around the same age. But probably good vets to have around, just uh, just in case, you know. Got to keep the kids in line, although they're not doing the best job with Zion. But that guy operates on his own, it seems like. just want to mention Herb Jones also did play some point guard in his time at Alabama. He's a great ball handler, passer for what is technically a three-man. So maybe that's how you could get away with playing McCollum, Ingram, and him as a triumvirate on the wing. All right, I'm going to give you a trivia question here. Well, let's see if you can get this. Who averaged the most assists on the team last year? Let's see if you can get this. Brandon Ingram? That's correct. Good job. 5.8. Right behind him was uh, C.J. McCollum with 5.7. I feel like you see this sometimes um, more so recently, in recent years, at least in college basketball. I think you see it in the NBA a little bit now, too. And this is why I was asking you about like what Phoenix is going to do when you have so many scorers, but you got guys like Booker and Durant that can really handle and pass it, too. Can you get away with not playing a true point guard? Maybe New Orleans looks at doing something like that if they can't find a guy in free agency. I know it's not ideal, defensively especially, but maybe in some rotations you could do that. Sure, yeah. I mean, the Celtics might do that this year, considering that Marcus Smart is gone. Derek White, yeah, he can kind of play the play. He can bring the ball up, but he's not exactly a distributor, per se. But he he can pass, but that's not what he's known for. But, yeah, when you have Tatum, Tatum's actually a decent passer. It's really Jalen Brown who's got to get a little better with that. Then they got Al Horford. I don't know if he'll start. But from uh, from the sounds of it, uh, Porzingis has always been a decent passer as well. Um, he looks pretty good in the handful of times that I've seen him play. Back to the Pelicans. We'll see what they do. Uh, yeah, I feel like they might want to figure out who's going to be part of the long-term picture here 
because they have a lot of young guys, and uh, it's yeah, certainly a mess. We didn't even bring up that Jackson Hayes was a free agent here. Or I, I don't think he'll be back. I'm, I'm just guessing. So, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully they're better than last year. All right, and up next is the number 15th pick, Kobe Bufkin, going to the Atlanta Hawks. He's a shooting guard, sophomore out of Michigan. You were a little iffy on this pick. Uh, explain your reasoning on this one. So similar to his teammate at Michigan, Jet Howard, who seemed to go a little bit higher than projected, I'm also iffy on Kobe Bufkin uh, just because he's played two years at Michigan and in his freshman year he really did not play that much which raises questions right off the bat. He did show a huge improvement in his sophomore year. Big jump in points per game. Minutes played obviously. There is a little bit more positional versatility I feel like with Bufkin. I think he could probably play a little bit of point in the NBA whereas he played more on the wing at Michigan. Uh, like I said, he was Jet Howard's running mate on the wing. They both, you know, played some two, played some three. Uh, but, yeah, he seems to have some handles and the ability to pass a little bit more than Jet Howard does. And we also mentioned Jet's kind of just a shooter, scorer right now, needs to improve on the rebounding. Kobe Bufkin seems to have a little bit more of an all-around game. And it's not that I think he's – going to be a poor player in the NBA I just feel like maybe in other drafts he might not have went this high um, he was definitely a high riser in the draft process as far as being projected as you know maybe a second round pick as recently as I would say March Madness so he must have worked out well um, interviewed well with these NBA teams because he was definitely not looking like you know close to a lottery pick during the season but he can really score it. Uh, like I said, some positional versatility. He didn't really stand out on defense, I wouldn't say, but he seems to have the athleticism to be able to step in and play in the NBA. Maybe a rotation guy early on, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was towards the end of the bench in his rookie year for the, most of the year. Yeah, so the, I, I feel like the Hawks have a lot to figure out this offseason. There's already been trade rumors with uh, DeAndre Hunter, which kind of surprised me. It seemed like they, they liked him. Started 67 games, averaged 15 points last year. His three-pointer, not bad, 35% from beyond the arc. Uh, you know, he was, he was a pest in uh, – the first round series against the Celtics. And then they also have this conundrum of Clint Capella and um, Okongwu as well. It seems like Okongwu might eventually take over that starting role um, over Capella. I think there were a bunch of games where Okongwu was finishing the end of games instead of Capella. They got Trey and DeJounte. They got a pick between that as well. But now they have like kind of a decent young bench in Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin, and, um, of course, Kobe Bufkin as well. So it's it's kind of like they're at least they're keeping their picks here or, you know, developing some guys. A.J. Griffin had a solid year last season. Averaged uh, close to nine points, shot 39% from behind the arc. So, yeah, they also have Bogdanovich still, uh, Sadiq Bey still on the team. So, yeah, they have some, some decisions to make. It's not quite clear who is going to stick in the long term, which is... Certainly an issue. I feel like Trey Young is, you know, he's been there for, what, five years, six years? So maybe it's tr it's time to figure out what direction they're trying to go in, I'd say. So um, I don't know. I guess it's good that they, they picked up another young guy, although it seems like kind of a reach, you said. Yeah, that would be my question as far as, you know, finding minutes off the bench there. If you recall, I was pretty high on A.J. Griffin 
coming out of the draft last year, and it sounds like he had a better rookie season than maybe even expected on a decent team there. So I would see Kobe Bufkin probably competing for minutes with somebody like A.J. Griffin, and I think Griffin's going to get the nod in that situation. Yeah. He's the better player. Yeah, I'd certainly say so. Uh, uh, Griffin, he I'm surprised he didn't get more playoff minutes, actually. That's what I was surprised by as well. He can really shoot it. Sounds like he lived up to that reputation this past year. Yeah, I think he could have helped them out a lot, so... I don't know. We'll we'll see what they do. There was a, yeah, there was a, a rumor that DeAndre Hunter was getting traded to the Pacers at one point, but that deal fell apart, which is weird. Why are you trying to trade Hunter? They got to get off Collins. That's that's what it seems like. They just want to get rid of that guy. And I think Jalen Johnson has kind of been groomed for that spot. I think you got to see him play a little bit. He's a versatile, you know stretch four man I would say yeah he shied away from shooting open shots I noticed but he plays hard gotta give him credit for that he makes mistakes here and there but I I like the effort he gives and you know he just has that face that's that just seems always like pissed off (laughs) I don't know maybe it's just his resting face but uh, uh I don't know I wouldn't want to mess with him so I think they should hold on to him. We saw him play in person back when he was on the Skyhawks. This was a couple years ago. We went to a G League game. So kind of cool we got to see him play. Uh, he was probably like 19 years old, then he was super young. So let's move on to number 16. Uh, it's the Utah Jazz's pick. So we're going to talk about all the Jazz's picks right now they had three in the first round um one of them of course came from the rudy gobert trade another one came from let's see here this was the royce o'neill trade they acquired last year and then um their own pick as well so let's just let's just say who they all have so they at nine they picked taylor hendricks um freshman out of UCF, who we brought up earlier. And then at 16 is Keontae George, freshman out of Baylor, shooting guard. And then all the way down to 28, they selected Bryce Sensabaugh? Sensabaugh. Sensabaugh, freshman out of Ohio State. Uh, Forward, it looks like. So uh, how about we start here? What's your favorite pick amongst these three the utah jazz definitely found themselves some value with Keontae george at number 16 you say correct mm-hmm. this guy can really score it uh, i could have seen him maybe even being a lottery pick um, he had a tendency to be a little bit of a chucker i feel like at his one season at baylor uh, but he can really score on all three levels He's going to knock down NBA threes from day one. He's going to make 80% or better of his free throws. And he showed the ability to maybe even be a lead guard a little bit at times. He's going to have to probably do that in the NBA. He's kind of slight of build. He's going to have a tough time playing any three in the NBA. So if he has any positional versatility, it would be down to playing a little bit of point guard as well, uh, which I believe he could do. But yeah, his his calling card and definitely his biggest trait is scoring right now. So he's going to be able to score the basketball immediately if he ends up getting minutes. I'm not sure of the roster construction, but I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, he's going to be a 10-year guy in the NBA. Definitely my favorite of the three. Okay. Yeah, so they have some shooting off the bench. They got Colin Sexton. Jordan Clarkson was actually starting a lot of games for them last year. I'm wondering if he moves back to the bench because he has one more year on his deal it's a player option for 14 million dollars i don't know that that could go either way he might want to pick it up but if he wants a longer term deal i get that too i don't know if he's gonna get 14 million a year in his new contract so i I, i'm inclined to say he's gonna pick that up and be on the team again next year so, um, yeah, maybe 
maybe he'll just move back to the bench. Now, um, it's interesting. They didn't really seem to draft a point guard, which I think we thought was who they were most certainly going to grab. Not the case, though. Uh, what can you give us on Taylor Hendricks? I know you don't have a ton. UCF wasn't on TV too much. Yeah, so it's like this guy was recruited by all the big-time programs, um, but I get the feeling uh, that he wanted to play with his twin brother, and maybe his twin brother was not recruited by all those big-time programs. Uh, I know the Florida Gators wanted Taylor, uh, but like I said, maybe was not after his twin. So as a 6'8 freshman, he put up big-time numbers. It sounds like some positional versatility between the three and the four. Again, UCF is not on TV all the time, so I had a tough time catching this guy play. Uh, but throughout the whole pre-draft process, I've seen his name popping up very high, even higher than the uh, number eight pick, number nine pick it was. Yeah, number nine. Um, I saw him as high as maybe six in the pre-draft process. So obviously all these NBA scouts really love this guy. I think uh, what was pointed out on the broadcast was his three-point shooting ability, and that's going to be key, obviously, for any 6'8 guy in the NBA these days. Uh, just a young kid, though. I don't know how much you could expect coming from kind of a mid-major type of conference going right into the NBA. He didn't play against great competition last year, so I wouldn't expect a ton from what I know, but again, I didn't see him play too much, so he could totally shock all of us and be first-team all-rookie. But again, I think Keontae George of the three is probably the most impactful from day one. Okay. Yeah, looking at the roster here, they still have a lot of big men under contract. So let's talk about Bryce. Bryce sounds like more of a forward. Is this guy Bryce a shooter as well? He can definitely make college threes. We'll see if he could step it out to the NBA three. Okay. Uh, he's kind of an interesting piece, though, as well. Uh, freshman, one and done at Ohio State. Was I don't believe he was a McDonald's All-American, although he was close, and he was a very good recruit. Not a top-tier recruit, though. And as I mentioned to you off the air here, he kind of stepped into Malachi Branham's role at Ohio State this past season. Um, not that they're exactly similar players. Branham is more of a slasher. Sensabaugh is more a bully, I would say, on the wing. Like, he's he's built like a football player. Oh, interesting. He's like 6'6", 235, 240. And I think I mentioned to you during the broadcast that to play on the wing in the NBA, he's probably going to have to shed some pounds. Um, oh, right. Kind of okay. similar to Jarris Walker, who ended up going to Indiana. These guys have some positional versatility, um, but Jarris Walker's like 6'8", 240, played a lot of four, but I think they probably want him to play some three in the NBA as well. Sensabaugh played some three in college, but at 6'6", they're probably going to want him to play some two guard. Um, so I think his foot speed or his lack of foot speed might prevent him from guarding NBA twos at this point. But maybe if he shed 10 to 15 to 20 pounds, he could play more two than three. Big-time scorer. Uh, yeah, could score at all three levels at Ohio State. That's also his best trait at this point, although I would still give the edge to Keontae George a little bit between the two on the wing. Okay. I'm trying to think, how tall is Grant Williams? Because I feel like Grant Williams had this problem as well. Like, a decent defender, but just not, like, quick enough I think that's a fair comparison um, he's somewhere in between the two but that body type is what you're looking at with mm -hmm. you know without super uh, athleticism I would say sure. so solid you know he checks the boxes but it wouldn't hurt him to lose a few pounds okay yeah this this team's in a weird spot right now I'm looking at their salary situation and they still have a lot of the veteran guys that they acquired in the salary dump trades last year but this is really the last year for the most part 
uh, you got Clark. I think Clarkson's going to pick up his option. It's his uh, expiring deal. Uh, Kelly Olynyk has a twelve million dollar um, final year on his contract. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who was okay last year. I mean, they kind of just gave him the green light to do whatever. He's coming back. Obviously, of course, they have Walker Kessler, who I mean, if if they just traded. Gobert for Walker Kessler straight up. I think that is a decent trade, but they got even more picks out of that. Of course, that's how they got Keontae out of this as well. So, yeah, they get to take flyers on a bunch of young guys in the first round. We'll see what they end up doing. I think they, they're probably making more moves this offseason to... Uh, perhaps unload some of these veterans that would rather go to contenders. Maybe they take on some more bad contracts, you know, maybe trade one of these expiring contracts for another one that has a few more years left on it as they continue the rebuild. I think they still need a point guard. Maybe that's what they'll spend their free agency money with. I don't know. Some options there. There's a lot of vets on the market. They had Mike Conley last year. He's he's a free agent. But they can probably take flyers on uh, some more interesting guys with upside. Yeah. To be continued with Utah, I'd say. Also kind of interesting that Colin Sexton is the highest paid player there now. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. He's getting paid more than marketing, just by a little, just by a tad. Marketing had a great year. All-star, right? All-star. How about that? That was that was really a, a salary-matching thing, getting him in the Donovan Mitchell deal, and turns out, oh, whoops, we uh, actually have an all-star here. We have a guy to build around. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of uh, not helping out the tank job there first half of the season. Had to. Uh, they had to sit him and start playing Juan Toscano Anderson. They were in playoff contention for a lot of the year, right? They were, yeah. Like the first half of the year, everyone thought they would be, and then they were like, "Guys, come on, come on, we we gotta we gotta unload some of these guys." Maybe that's why they they threw Vanderbilt in that Lakers deal. I thought I thought the Lakers got really good value in trading Westbrook. They they got a bunch. D'Angelo Russell, I think, was in that deal. And then they got Vanderbilt. Malik Beasley as well. But Beasley was pretty disappointing. Let's move on to number 17. Speaking of the Lakers, they had this pick. A shock that they, they kept this pick. You'd think, you know, LeBron, age 38 getting down to the wire here you think he would convince management to send out that pick and get someone but hey props to um props to uh who's the guy who used to be kobe's agent who's now running the run the show rob palinka rob palinka he uh he made it happen he got some good deals got hachimura same deal from earlier, getting Vanderbilt, Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. So, shout out to him. And now they have shooting guard Jalen Hood Shafino, freshman from Indiana. Shooting guard, um, assuming he can uh, shoot. So, they really list him as a shooting guard? Shooting guard, small forward, 6'6". Six, six. Wow. That's what I'm seeing here. He's a point guard. He's a point guard. He is. Really? That's what he played this past season. So I guess there is some positional versatility there, uh, but I would say that his best attributes are ball handling and distributing. He was a scoring point guard, don't get me wrong, uh, but he did a really nice job as a freshman running the show at Indiana. Uh, they had a veteran point guard that got hurt early in the season, and he ended up stepping in and leading them through a very good season, ended up in the NCAA tournament. Wasn't somebody that was looked at as a first-round pick early in the season, obviously. I think he even came off the bench for a few games before this veteran point guard at Indiana was hurt. But he really had a great 
January, February conference, Big Ten season, and that really put him on the map for this draft. The potential was always there, but I think maybe he was a year or so ahead of schedule. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was probably going to be a two-year guy at Indiana, but he played so well this past winter that he knew he was going to be a first-round pick, and I really like this pick for the Lakers. He's a young kid. They're probably not going to ask a ton from him right away. Um, Again, I'm not 100% sure of the roster construction, who's back and who's not for them, Um, but I wouldn't see him starting or anything, Uh, but I also wouldn't see him in the G League. I think he'll be on the real roster from the beginning. Yeah, it's really a clean slate for the Lakers this year. So it's it's hard to say if this guy will get playing time or not because it depends on so many different things. D'Angelo Russell's a free agent. They got to figure out Rui Hachimura's new deal. It sounds like they want to keep him. The most important one here is Austin Reeves. This guy really, really improved last year and was a huge factor in the playoffs. I'd imagine they're going to keep him at all costs. There's people saying that he might get a $100 million contract this season. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Some some team with cap space just may try and pry him away. So Lakers are in a tough position. They're going to figure out if they're going to want to spend all this money on him or not. Um, Malik Beasley has a team option for $16 million. They will not pick that up. I'd be shocked if they do. Uh, Mo Bamba's contract's not fully guaranteed. I, uh, I doubt they're going to pick up his $10 million player option. I'd, I'd say that's a no. And then they got uh, Jared Vanderbilt. I believe it's a, a contract that's not fully guaranteed. It looks like it's $4 million. I think they will pick that up just because he's a useful player. But if push comes to shove, if they're trying to do some maneuvering for the salary cap, because they want to sign Hachimura as well, so they might have to do some salary cap gymnastics to try and get both of those guys under salary while trying to remain below the second tax apron. I don't know. It's, It's crazy what's going on now. So... Yeah, it's it's hard to say if Jalen's going to get a ton of minutes. From what I've seen with young guys, they they get a shot in Los Angeles, which is you know a little shocking. You'd think if you're playing with veterans like LeBron and Anthony Davis, that you know they might they might favor the veteran guys more and you know tell the young guys to sit on the bench. But um, if if you show promise, you'll get playing time. I believe that if called upon, he would be ready to step in and play solid bench minutes this season. Not saying that's going to happen. Obviously, a lot depends on what happens this summer. Um, I wouldn't see him as a starter again, but I could see this guy playing 20 minutes a night pretty much right off the bat if they needed him to. Got a lot of space to use, a lot of cap space, but they uh, will probably use it mostly on Reeves and Hachimura. Nice job, Lakers. Yeah, good pick there. All right, let's move on to number 18, Miami Heat, picking a senior out of UCLA. Uh, Jaime Jaquez? Jaime Jaquez, yeah. Jaime Jaquez, all right. This guy, he's got the flow, man. He's He's got nice hair. I like it. I think he uses conditioner. It looks good. So, uh, I'm going to guess he's an energy guy. Would I be correct in that? So, I would say that could be his role in the NBA for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was more than that at UCLA, but that would be, yeah, that would be a good way to look at his potential rookie season in the NBA for sure. Um, Felt like this was a little bit of a stretch, but I could totally see Haquez fitting into the Miami Heat culture that they have down there. It's a very tough player, hard-nosed player, no nonsense. You're not going to get any BS off the court with this guy. Uh, Four-year player at UCLA. Was not a super heralded recruit 
coming out of high school. I uh, really had to work for everything he got in his time at UCLA. I believe he came a full he became a full time starter as a sophomore, and UCLA ended up going to the Final Four actually that season in 2021. And since then, his past two seasons, his junior and senior year, he's been big man on campus out there. He's been a superstar for UCLA on some good teams. And, again, really worked for what he got in that program. That's like a blue blood program and a very glamorous program, obviously, being in L.A. Um, and he did not necessarily fit that mold, but he put up big numbers. Played mostly the four at UCLA. Has a nice post game. Probably not going to be able to use that too much in the NBA. Uh, but he can stretch it out to the three-point line. Really shoots it well. Makes his free throws. Very good rebounder for his size. I believe they list him at 6'8", if I'm not mistaken. Maybe 6'9". Let's double check here. He is at 6'7", actually. But very good rebounder for his size. Uh, Going to play a lot of three in the NBA, I would say. Could play a little bit of four. Uh, but, yeah, I think the way you frame that, as far as being an energy guy early in his career, that's going to be his role. Solid defender. But, yeah. Like the pick, just I think a little bit too high for him. Uh, but he made a wise choice in coming back for his senior year, obviously. He was on the fence last year about leaving a year early. And it worked out for him. Happy for the guy. Yeah. It sounds like he just fitted their mold. Just hearing everything you said, that sounds like someone that Spolstra would really like, Pat Riley. So I could, uh, yeah, I could see him getting minutes off the bench especially if he can he's a forward who can shoot they've had shooters but they're more like smaller type guys you get your max struce your duncan robinson gabe vincent great shooter caleb martin all those guys so because of that i feel like they would play small ball a lot but now that they got this guy eh, maybe would it be crazy to put him at small ball center I believe he did that at times at UCLA, um, not for long stretches, but he could hold up physically. Um, okay. I think it would be tough in the NBA. Uh, I, I could see him getting more minutes at the four, though. Not 100% sure of the roster construction again, but it, I do wonder about their first-round pick from last year, Nikola Jovic, I believe it is. That's right. Yeah. I think those two might be in competition for minutes, so we would see what happens as far as how those two play in, I guess, summer league and preseason, because I think those two might be competing for. Sammy B's on the 
prevention against suck MC. And now, prevention against suck MC. We decided to change the cover a little bit because we see the big picture. Niggas on Elvis Prince's album cover. 